fall fresh now on us gathered in this space and those who are gathered in spaces all over your creation today to pause for a few minutes to be with you and to worship with you. Send that same Holy Spirit now on this preacher. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we've been on a six-week journey. Our tour guide has been La Miserable. During these six weeks, our guide has brought us to places where we see God's grace is always available for us. Our guide has demonstrated to us that law and justice cannot supersede grace, that God's grace is more powerful than law and justice. Our guide has pointed out to us that eliminating poverty and diseases that come with it is a part of the great work of the church. We have seen that romantic love and sacrificial love are gifts to be enjoyed. Our guide brings us today to the beginning of Holy Week. On Monday, Jesus will enter the city of Jerusalem. It is important for us to note that his contemporaries thought Jerusalem to be the place where God would make paradise. On Friday, all of their hopes and dreams seemed to die on a cross. Jesus wants the church to be a kingdom that doesn't live by the world's rubric. His kingdom is the only hope for the world we live in. La Miserable comes to a close today and it leaves us with a note of hope. The author gives us the means to cope with the difficulties and sometimes the miserable journey from earth to eternity. The author wants us to know we will need strength for this journey. I was drawn to the priest not because he wears a clerical collar or because he was a do-gooder. I was drawn to him because he seemed to find a way not to succumb to the misery that life offered. Jesus told his crossmate, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The priests in La Miserable seem to find paradise. Paradise is where we find Jesus. 
Today you will be with me in paradise. Many, many, many clergy, many lay Christians get into trouble because they do not find paradise. Paradise. A perfect place where my soul longs for such a vacation from the turmoil, the hustle, and the bustle, the chaos that our world offers us daily. I struggle to maneuver around life's roadblocks, the disappointments, the disasters, the devastation. Oh, I rebound for a minute only to find challenge, another challenge around the corner. My soul longs for paradise. We were never designed for such suffering. Our inner person was designed to reign supreme over us and lead us to the path of righteousness and perfection. But evil snares our minds and our bodies and we find ourselves thrust into the difficult existence of earthly life. Have you discovered this Lenten season how easy our spirituality can be robbed? How can we cope? with the stresses and the strains of everyday living. How do we as Christians survive the onslaught of challenge after challenge, this after that? The answer lies in the second word that Jesus spoke from the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. The priests from La Miserable seems to discover paradise. And what I've discovered this Lenten season, my brothers and sisters, paradise is where we find God. It is a time of Sabbath. And Sabbath is the antidote to transgressions. Sabbath is a day, an hour, a minute on which God is the only thing on our agenda. Sabbath is time set apart to be mindful of God and who God is calling us to be. Sabbath is a silence that awakens our mind to the times when we have not been mindful of all the things of God. It is amazing how different my day is when I forget my prayer schedule in the morning. When I forget to begin my day in Sabbath, in prayer, I'm often distracted, disgruntled and stress. 
Set your mind on the things that are above and not on the things that are on earth. But setting our minds on God is a difficult thing to do. But it is the remedy for life's transgressions and life's difficulties. The priests in La Miserable daily walks in his garden surrounding himself by the beauty of God's creation. God's creation are a means of setting his mind on the things of God. I don't mean to suggest that his generosity of grace was not without his great sacrifice. Forgiving Valjean for stealing his silver and then gifting him with the rest of the silver after he was caught by the police had to be a difficult thing to do. But I believe it was the priest's moments of walking in his garden, being in paradise with God, set his mind on the things that are above. It almost seems to come naturally to the priest. The more often we take Sabbath rest in our lives, the more often we take time to look upon God's amazing gift of life that sprouts all around us, the more we keep our minds stayed on Jesus. La Miserable suggests gardens are a place for Sabbath rest. But it also reminds us that gardens take a great deal of work. Weeds must be dealt with. In the first scripture read, we heard that God created the garden and then set us as human beings, to work in the garden. Gardens can be difficult work. When Valjean and young Cosette are running, it is a demonstration of how hard it is to work in the garden. So I hear the Lord tell Moses in Leviticus, that the people can work the land for six years. But in the seventh year, the land should rest. Cultivating a garden takes great work. And so does forgiveness. God is still at work. At the end of it all, La Miserable shows that gardens can represent the different aspects of God's grace. Sometimes grace offers peace. Sometimes grace offers hard work. Sometimes grace offered wild and unexpected, like romantic love. It's beautiful to ponder for a moment 
that we are always surrounded by God's symphony of nature which displays God's peace, God's grace, and the place of paradise God wants us to land in. Every time we draw a breath, we should give thanks for the grace God has offered to us. God's loving presence is all around us if, if we have eyes to see. Maybe the true message and grace of La Miserable is to take us on a journey through the need for redemption, the importance of justice, the sin of poverty, the joy of love, the sacrifice of revolution, the beauty of God's presence, and then the end, there is a graceful reminder that there is still work to be done, that God is not finished with us yet. Thankfully, brothers and sisters, Lent is a gift, offering us a time to wrestle, to discern, and to practice the ways we might continue God's graceful work to achieve this, friends, we need paradise. We need Sabbath. God wants us in the garden because it's in the garden that we can find relationship and fellowship with God. It was in the Garden of Eden that God placed our foreparents a place that was paradise because they daily communed with God. Not in the heat of the day when it would have been miserable, but in the cool of the day. God continued to come to God's beloved creation to fellowship with them in the garden. We must continue to find rest and Sabbath in God's gardens of life. In Gethsemane, we find the garden of preparation, a conversation between Jesus and his father, a conversation that would lead to sacrifice on Good Friday a place of paradise, a place of Sabbath that would enable Jesus to endure six hours of dreadful accusation and humiliation, six hours of torture for his mind, body, and soul, six hours of facing the provokes and the torments of the evil one, six hours of mockery by the Jewish religious hierarchy, struggle, my brothers and sisters, to hold on to their power over people. Six hours of crucifixion's agony and horror. Six hours of paying the price for the complete and perfect atonement of us. Six hours to guarantee that we would be in paradise with he and his father. In the end, 
this life is preparation for the life to come. This Lenten season is a reminder of whose we are, where we are, and where we are going. The kingdom of heaven will eventually come to earth and earth will be the paradise that God created it to be before our ancestors introduced sin into the garden. For your hearing, you heard Revelations 22 being read. If you will, the end of the book. And at the end of the book, we're back where we began. Only this time, no one will put us out of the garden. In the end, because Jesus chose Friday to be a good Friday to save our souls, we will be back in the garden with God forever. Where the same tree that introduced sin now will divide the pleasant streams and it will be healing for the nations. And there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more death and we will be able to see God face to face and Jesus in the garden on his right side and the Holy Spirit constantly advocating for us. The end of the book reminds us that God has always planned for us to be in paradise. Along this journey, brothers and sisters, if you want a foreshadow of the things to come, take some time to be in Sabbath with God. Where the only thing on your agenda is communing with God, even if it's through silence. Because it's in the Sabbath that God prepares us to live each day by reminding us that there is a permanent paradise to come. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. He is the root from which David came and he is also David's son and the bright and morning star. The one who promises to come for his own before the son of righteousness 
arrives. Notice the promise that Jesus is coming. And the book says he's coming soon. And I hear people say, how can that be? I believe sometimes, my brothers and sisters, that we forget that death is a dressing room for eternal paradise, eternal Sabbath. That the moment we close our eyes on this side, we wake up on the other side where we are meant to be. But as long as there is breath in this molded clay, we must always seek Sabbath to remind us that there is something greater to come where children will not be bombed waiting on a train. The book closes with an invitation and a warning. The spirit and the bride come and let he who hears says come. Whoever thirsts let him come. Whoever wishes, let them take the free gift of the waters of life. That invitation comes from the Spirit of God. That invitation comes to you and I. That invitation comes at the price of the hard work of wrestling with daily evil, of wrestling with evil for our minds and body. Being in the garden is hard work, but it is there we find the presence of the almighty God. Spirit of living God, thank you for the one you gave the vision to write this human tragedy and this human book of hope. The one who reminds us that you are still at work in your world. Thank you, God, for Palm Sunday where you remind us of the great work that you have performed in, our, in your son and our brother, Jesus. The work that simply says, we will be with you in paradise. Thanks be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're comfortably able, Please stand and sing this historic song of the church in